This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, Podcast Universe, I wanted to drop in so you didn't think you got stuck in some holiday hot tub time machine when listening to this episode. I figured I'd wait till the January blues were in full effect before dropping our conversation with the darkly hilarious Rosebud Baker on you. If you hear us mentioning the upcoming holidays or the new year, that's the reason why. This was recorded a couple of weeks ago. So now you know, and knowing's half the battle. Now go on, get. Listen to this episode, number 461, for those keeping score, of The Commercial Break. Here's the thing. My sister drowned in a jacuzzi, which is a very festive place to drown. It throws off the story, you know? It's like getting shot in the head with a t-shirt cannon. Like, a jacuzzi's where I lost my virginity to make it special. And she took that from me. So who's the real victim? On this episode of The Commercial Break. It was like the first Christmas after my sister died. My family put a life-sized cardboard cutout of my sister. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) He was watching us. I was like, she's first. Now she's dead and she's got to watch us. over the Uh, Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I was like, this is. So fucked up. <laughs> to, me, to me, it was like so funny. The next episode of the commercial break starts now. Yeah, boy! Oh, yeah, guys and kittens, welcome back to the commercial break. I'm Brian Green. This is the senior vice president of Ho Ho Ho's, Kristen Joy Oatley. Best to you, Kristen. Brian. Best to you out there in the podcast universe. Chrissy's back in action. We're super excited. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Tina and Christina and Astrid and Marianne and everybody that's been helping out <clears throat> while Chrissy takes some personal time. It's good to have you, my friend. Thank you. Good to be back. It's good to be seen. Good it's to good be, to see. Good it's good to, to be seen. Good to All be that good here. stuff. Yeah. There's two things I have to talk to you about that are omnipresent on my mind right now. Number one. <laughs> I like the I, word omnipresent. Yeah, omnipresent. I'm not even sure I'm using that word correctly, but I it sounds sexy, so I'm going to use it. Um, <laughs> it look it up in your, look all, that up in your funkin' con- wagnalls. All consuming, right? Yes, it okay. means all. 
I think what it really means is all-knowing, all-seeing. They use it for, like, God, like he's omnipresent. Oh, right. Okay. But I'm a God in my own mirror. So I'm going to say that, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, it's omnipresent on my mind. Number one, I hate when I go into the pantry and I cannot find the snack that I'm looking for. Do you know ah. what I'm saying? Mm. Like when you're hungry, you just want to nibble on something, yeah. but then you go rooting around and you realize that they don't, you don't have the thing that you want, but you don't know what the thing is. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I just want something salty, but I don't want any of the salty stuff that's available. I want something else, <laughs> and I can't fucking figure it out. And I'm too lazy to go to the store, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pissed, because all I want is that salty snack, but I can't tell you which that's salty snack I, I want. Little, uh, that's why I keep a bag of the peanuts, um, the, the shelled peanuts. Uh, around. Like uh, just regular salted like the, peanuts? Y- yeah, like the ones you would get at the ballpark. Oh, like the boiled peanuts? Not, well, I love boiled peanuts, but... Oh, you get the, the fully dry. shell... Like, no, the got, dried, like the ones that you crack open and you... Oh, you get the crack ones open? You get the ones you got to do work for? Yeah. How the fuck all that? I get the salter, you know, no, planters. No, because that, to me, gives me, like, a little bit of the saltiness that I want, and I've got to do some work, so I don't eat very much. Do you ever them. eat the shell? I've eaten the shell. I've eaten the shell a lot. I am embarrassed to say it, but I'm sure we've all shell. done it. It's fiber. I know. There's something about that shell that just gets <laughs> to me. I, I don't eat it on every one, no, 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 obviously, no. but... But I if I'm at the ballpark, sh- I'm not afraid of like chewing on a shell for a few <laughs> yeah, minutes. You know exactly. what I'm saying? I feel like those guys out of there spitting and <laughs> chewing and chawing or whatever. <laughs> I don't think it's as popular as it used to be, but there's still a lot of guys that, that dip in baseball. I can see it. I can see it oh, in their right. big mouths. But if you watch it on TV. Do you it, say I can see it in their big mouths? Yeah, their big fucking mouths. <laughs> It's big fucking baseball player mouse. Mmm. Oh, they're big fat baseball player mouse. I get ass. Yes, indeed, Brian. I don't know if big mouths are a trait those of baseball big players, but saliva filled mouths with those tongues that just spit everything out. And Didn't I'm like, they used ah. to do the like the big chew too. Like that's the, what the, they're doing. The, yeah. um, the gum. They do that with the gum, but now I think there's like a nicotine related to something that they put in their mouth. Okay. You know, guys used to smoke cigarettes down in that, down dugout. in the dugout. And managers do it. As a matter of fact, I think, I don't, I think it was, I don't want to say the wrong name, but I think it was Dusty Baker that got caught smoking a cigarette, like during a playoff game, like in the dugout, not too long ago, but it was some manager of a baseball team. He was like smoking a cigarette in the dugout while they were in the middle of the game. Are which you is- sure it was a cigarette? Could it have was been a marijuana. It could have been a hot toddy. Yeah, Where it, was this game being played? Was it in California or Colorado? Well, I don't know that much about <laughs> the story I even told. I just know that someone got caught smoking something. Okay. Uh, what, what was this? Uh, ginger? Ginger, the yes. One, Wrap the, it up. Yeah. Smoke a ginger. <laughs> smoke ginger. <laughs> I mean, I bet there's guys out there who are doing dibbity dabs while they're playing. I know they get pee tested and everything yeah. like that. But if you're living in California, it's probably against every contract rule that you have to do anything marijuana related while you're on the team's time. But I got to imagine there's quite a few of those guys who are dibbing and dabbing while mm-hmm. they're... Yeah, you know, you play baseball for a living. It's a, It's got to be a tough thing to do. I'm not saying that... It helps with the anxiety, helps depending the anxiety. on what strain. It helps you just get through the fucking season, 169 goddamn God. games. Can you imagine? It's like it's like us. We're, yeah. we're playing a baseball season. That's right. Only we, we got to do 172. We got to ah, go postseason where the girls will fall, apparently. 
<laughs> the girls of fall. The girls of fall. Well, I'm just going to throw myself into the girl pile. <laughs> you should. It's, there's no hiding it. There's enough, yeah. enough estrogen around uh, you. I'm that, the gayest man you've met. Ne- that's <laughs> not gay. Who hasn't touched balls with someone else? <laughs> N- knowingly. Knowingly. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't want anybody to come out of the woodwork and be like, "I like your balls." Because I seem to be very interested in Jeff's balls. Oh, the... Jeff's balls got me hot, 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 hot. You don't understand. <laughs> They're naked cooking. Yeah. Sometimes I have that little I baby laughing, monitor. I was laughing to myself the other day because you I were really, naked cooking. No, no, I was not naked cooking. I was laughing about the naked cooking because literally I could not naked cook because you would burn it, every. Well, yeah, yeah. of your body. Well, no, yeah, I burn myself too much. There's oil that splatters out. There's, um, you know, different things and whatever. Naked cooking, I don't know. Naked no. drink serving. Okay, that's and a yeah. you know apron and heels. But I feel like Jeff's testicles have been through a lot. Like, I think he could handle if he got a little splashy oil on his balls. You know what I'm saying? I take a dick and keep on licking. Oh, yeah. I don't think that feels good at any point to be splashed no. with oil. No, 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 no. I have it's, to wear a full glove now when I'm cooking with oil. Jeff was finally like, just wear Just a wear a glove. fucking glove. I know. Astrid's always doing this dance where she's like, throws it in and then and, uh, like, and backs as, away. Yeah, as if a grenade landed then, in front of her. She dives in the kitchen and I'm like, what's going I on? I even have like the grease splatter screen yeah that i'll put in but when you lift it up it's still splatter so i have on like goggles and Mm. (laughs) gloves when i was working at uh mickey d's Mm -hmm. i saw somebody slip and put their hand into a grease vat uh yeah i I mean i didn't actually see that i saw him pull his hand out and i quickly turned away quickly turned away but i've never heard a scream like that in my entire life no i've had third degree burns and it it takes a while to to um it takes, yeah, this guy was gone. He just left. I mean, I don't know. I don't know whatever yeah, happened to him. He was rushed off by an ambulance. Hospital. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a busy Saturday, so we just kept chicken the. Too. You know, we just kept cooking the uh, the McChickens in that fry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. The skin is the best part. That's what they say. The crispy skin. The crispy skin. All right. Number two thing that's on my mind. Okay. I think we've reached peak TikTok. And let me explain why we've reached peak TikTok. <laughs> I pulled up to the gas station the other day, the Shell or whatever it is. You know, they got those damn screens on the gas stations now. And they follow you around. As soon as you put in your credit card, they know what you're interested in, right? The credit card company gives them all the relevant information. I immediately get back into the car. Yeah, I don't always do that. Um... I, I, I don't know why I stand outside the car, but I stand outside the car even when it's freezing cold. I always lock my doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always lock my doors, especially in Atlanta. This has been a rash yeah, of those things happening. Yeah, that happened to a friend of mine. Yeah, well, I told Astrid. I said, Astrid, if anybody ever approaches you at a gas station, you tase them. <laughs> I gave her a taser. Yeah. I'm like, you tase them. Don't even ask questions. Just spray. tase them. Yeah, pepper spray them. Well, actually, near a gas a tank. I probably should tell her to pepper spray them. Yeah. Tase. <laughs> <laughs> but I go to the gas, gas station. I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, on the TV, they have that little guy, you're watching Gas Station News. Today on Gas Station News, Rolling Stone claims, you know, names the top 50 guitars to 2023. And then it's like, here's your TikTok reel of the day. And up comes our TikTok, you know, your TikTok uh, post of the day. And up comes a TikTok post that was also shown to me on my actual TikTok. And they were just scrolling through the TikTok posts at the fucking gas station. And I'm like, why are you showing me TikTok posts at the gas station 
on a screen attached to a fucking diesel handle. Why would you be doing that? What is going on? I mean, we know how hard it is to come up with content. Oh, yeah, that's true. And (laughs) imagine. Let's just start doing that. That was my second thought. It was like, who hires you to be the gas station (laughs) content uh, creator? Yeah, the the gas station (laughs) podcaster, essentially. How do we get that gig? Because I'm sure it pays better than this gig. And I really want it. That guy, he was just. There's a guy and a girl. You know who's on it a lot? Um, who's the girl? Uh, shit. I can't remember her name. Uh, she's like a former... Like, she was married to Nick Lachey. Was she married to Nick Lachey for a moment? Is it not, it's not the girl from uh, oh, Love is Blind. Jessica Simpson. No, she not was... Jessica Simpson. Where did she go? I actually watched a couple of old Jessica Simpson live uh, performances. Uh-huh. And I gotta tell you. It's simply the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I can't, I don't know how that girl got a record contract. She's a mogul now, though. And Is you she? know what I freaking, oh, yeah. Like, well, she she's, makes tons She's on the gas of, station thing. So. Well, she makes tons of money, and it's because of her fashion line. Really? Yeah. And I do love her shoes. The yeah, girl who, who thought chicken, like t- tuna yeah, was chicken, chicken of the, the sea. sea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. She's good. She, she's, she's good at what she does. <laughs> she's That's got, how she's all. She's got the good people around her, maybe, is what it is. I think. Yeah, but I'm sure she has a hand in, in what goes into the actual collection. I'm sure of it. And isn't her, her I'm pretty sure her sister, Ashley. Ashley is, Simpson did something. Mar- no, well, she, she's married to Diana Ross's son. Oh, she is? Yeah, and they have babies and stuff. Really? And yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Well, we know who has the musical talents in that family. And it's, it's last name doesn't start with Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Some catchy hits. Yeah. You know, when you're Diana Ross's son. You're never going to work another day in your life, for sure. Diana Ross had like a string of hits there. She's just a she's a queen. She's, she's the original. The, yeah, she's the original. Wasn't she on uh, "We Are the World"? We are the. Well, children. that was Dionne Warwick, but oh, Diana uh, Ross wasn't a part of that too. She might have been. Yeah, I but I mean, Diana Ross is like disco queen, and then carried it <laughs> on into the '80s and '90s, so and good. still, and still now. Hey, I know how she she's can amazing. get back in the good graces of of the young generation. You know how. Gas station TikTok. Gas That's station what you do. I, listen, we can get one fucking person to follow our TikTok. So maybe we need to go gas station TikTok. I'm here to tell you, gas station uh, content creator guy. It, gas station news anchor, I guess, is the best way to put it, even though you never give me any real news. It's just bullshit. But if you need content ideas, Chrissy and I are willing to put clips of the commercial break at every gas station across the United yeah. States. That's a way to solve the fossil fuel crisis right there. Watch how quickly people buy electric cars. Like, I'm not going to listen to that motherfucker. I was going to say anymore. young kids, too. Now, I mean, most of them don't even get licenses. No, until they're like 27. Yeah, why just do like you need me. it? Only I wasn't allowed <laughs> I, to get a license. Oh my god, this reminds me. I was on the I was on the way here today to, to record, and I saw a car on the side of the road. You know, I, I do the ways on the way up here just in case there's some kind of. I mean, I know the way sure. to get here, but in case there's some kind of crazy yeah. wreck or something, it'll work me around it. So I did it. But so I'm, you know, and uh, I'm going up here, and I look to the side, and there it says hazard. You know, when it tells you about a hazard, yep. hazard reported ahead. And I look over, and there, there's like a white, a white car uh, with the hood just directly up. Oh, it's just sitting on top of the glass. I, it's, yes. Yeah. And it reminded me of you. Oh, 
Hey, listen, that's what I drove around for four years. But that that doesn't include the story about when I, I think I told this, when I had no driver's license, I was yeah. working at a Chili's up north of Atlanta. Not my normal Chili's. I was like filling in for somebody, but I had no car. So somebody had to drop me off there. Then there's like this emergency where we're out of kids' margarita cups or something, right? We all need cocaine. I don't know what's going on. But the manager goes, like the assistant manager is like, I need you to go down. He was this fucking hilarious guy. You remember the page in 30 Rock? Who was the... Oh, yeah, what, yeah, What's yeah, his yeah. name? Played he was that from guy? Stone Mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he had the exact... This assistant manager had the exact same voice. Much like a guy that we used to work with. Yeah. One yeah, of the managers, yep, right? Yep, I remember said, him. Hey, Brian, do me a favor. I need you to run down to the other store down, <laughs> in, down in Marietta. Get us some kids margarita cups. Will you do that for me? And I'm like, sure, but I don't have a car. Oh, don't worry about it, honey. Take my car. And I'm like, okay. He's like, it's that Honda. It's that white Honda Civic outside. Go ahead, take it. It runs just fine. And I'm like, okay. So I go, I turn on, it's stick shift. All right, fine. Driving down Georgia 400. And I start to notice that the hood is shaking. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not good. The hood's shaking. That is not good. And all of the sudden, going 60 miles per hour down this major highway in Atlanta, the hood flies up. It opens. Oh. It opens while I'm driving down Holy the shit. Chrissy. By the grace of God and the holy kids margarita <laughs> shivers, I don't know what happened, but I managed to pull over. It was scary, and it cracked the bottom of the windshield because it came up yeah. and flew up. It was uh, it was intense. It was intense. Um, yeah, driving I blindfolded, would freak out, totally freak out, totally freak out. Hey, so excited because. Today, we have one of my favorite new comedians. And by new comedians, I mean uh, someone that I've just gotten turned on to, Rose Bud Baker. She is very She's fucking hilarious. She yeah. is, her comedy is so dark. She talks about all the things that you shouldn't be talking about on a stage, and she makes it hilarious. And it's like my brand of humor. Yeah, me too. My favorite brand I of humor. I grew up with like a morbid yeah. sense of humor mom. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you know what? I think this is why I like the British comedies uh -huh. because they're subversively dark a lot of times. But when I say subversive, it means there's a joke in there about something dark. You just got to you got to be smart enough to yes. pick it up. N not with Rosebud. She's going to just tell you exactly like it is and she's going straight for it on the nose. I love it. It's so funny. She's got a new uh, Netflix special, Verified, mm -hmm. on Netflix. She's in episode number one. There's... Verified stand-up. Yep. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they take like 10, 12-minute sets from 10 different comics over two different episodes. And Rosebud is one of the featured comics. She's also got a Comedy Central uh, She's special. She's an SNL writer. She's SNL. She was on Life and Beth and is on the upcoming season of that, too. Yeah. And so I want to dig in about SNL, too, because I'm... Oh, I'm so fascinating. Isn't everybody? Yes. I mean, it just seems like this magical world. It is, but I but I know it's not magical. Oh, no, it's right? a lot of hard work. Yeah, it's work. a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get into it with Rosebud. She's going to be here in just a few minutes, but go check out her Netflix special, uh, Verified Stand Up. Stand Up on Netflix, episode number one. You'll catch Rosebud. Google her, and then you'll figure out also that her grandfather was James Baker. The Secretary of State under George W. Bush. Yeah. So, not my favorite <laughs> grandpa in the world, but I've listened to enough Rosebud comedy that I think we're going to get into her, and she's right up the fucking commercial breaks. Allie, yep. uh, I'm so happy to have her, actually. So, let's do this. Let's take a break, and then when we get back, we'll have Rosebud with us, okay? Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. 
Look, I know you guys are getting really sick of me, but that is too bad. It's my job. Now, go to tcbpodcast.com for all of our audio and video content and get your little booty over to youtube.com slash the commercial break for fully edited video episodes. Want to chat? Leave us a voicemail at 626-ASK-TCB3. Too embarrassed for your voice to be on the show? We understand. Text us instead at 855-TCB-8383. Can't even do that? No worries. Just follow us on TikTok at TCB Podcast and on Instagram at The Commercial Break. And if you can't even be seen doing that, just listen to these sponsors and let's get back to the show. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Tank Sinatra. And I'm Investigator Slater. And together we co-host a podcast called Psychopedia, which is a true crime podcast infused with comedy, making it a crimedy. Each week, Investigator Slater brings us a wild and thoroughly researched true crime case. I'm here to digest it all and react just like you probably are right there on the other side of the microphone. Somehow, I've got to present each case with the detail and respect it deserves, while also cracking up at Tank's perfectly timed humor and thought-provoking questions. Listen to and follow Psychopedia on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rosebud, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we, Fantastic. we couldn't be better. It's the happy, ha- happiest time of the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most wonderful. I've All heard. right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who made that, but obviously it was before uh, consumerism completely ruined our lives, before travel, yep. <laughs> and, they yes. no, and they had no children. And before family, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> the first person to ever exist named it. The That's best true. Time of yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not exactly like pumped for Christmas. I don't know if, are you guys Christmas no. people? I'm a Christmas person, yeah. but ever this since year. I had children, it just completely ruined it for me. <laughs> Fuck those little yeah. kids. <laughs> it's, you know, it's so funny. I like just, I've never liked Christmas. I've always just been like, Christmas is ass. I don't like, I don't, I'm not into it. But I do love, now that I have a baby, I'm, like, so pumped. I, yeah. I was, like, putting up the tree. I got decorations. I'm, like, who is this person? I'm And she's not going to remember a single moment. Not a fucking not thing. A, not one not thing. thing. And I'm going to, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to take pictures and be, like, remember, this is, this yeah. is when I cared, you know? Right. <laughs> By the time she's five, there's no way this you yeah. couldn't be more right about this. I have what twelve to fifteen children. I'm not yeah. sure how many kids I have, but they're all running around here somewhere. And 
when you have kids, I find, I found that it, there's no more Christmas for you. It's all about the children. Sure. But I will say yeah. on a positive note, there is no joy on this earth, in my opinion, like watching children on Christmas Day, when they can remember shit, like when they're old enough to yeah. actually know what's going on. There's nothing yeah. as like pure as the driven snow, joyful moment yeah. that you're going to have at, when your daughter is three, four years old and she, she yeah. gets excited yeah. about Christmas. You are going to light up like a Christmas tree. I swear to God, it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm but then, then you got to remember, I got to go change a shitty diaper. So it becomes, it's kind of a total <laughs> yeah. And then they stop opening them and you're like, oh, right, I'm broke. Um, yeah, that's cool. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have one overarching question. One big question. Mm-hmm. I like to start off the interviews with one big question. How in the world, how in the good gravy cornflakes did you end up being a liberal? <laughs> what, what cauldron of mystic experiences made you a liberal? Because your grandfather, if I'm not mistaken, was James Baker, like Secretary yeah. of State James Baker. How did you end yeah. up on the other side of the coin? I think it's just that I was born unemployable. I really, <laughs> I really think that's what it is. I, I was just born to be like unemployable. I, this is the only job I've ever been able to keep and have and enjoy. And um, yeah, it's, it's there. I spent many years with very little money and um, I just feel like now, I mean, now that I've got some, I'm like, Okay, I kind of see their point, but um, <laughs> true. <laughs> like, uh, mm. My dad used to always say to me, "He's like, it's easy to be a Democrat when you're not paying your own bills." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I see what he's saying now. I get it." <laughs> well, my dad was not Secretary of State. He said the exact same thing. He's like, "You're young and broke. You're liberal, but trust me, when yeah, you get right. kids and money, you're going to be a conservative." <laughs> And I'm right. starting to kind of get his point. Like, fiscally, I understand where he's coming from. Fiscally, uh, I, I completely get it now. Yeah, I yeah. get it. But, but all this social bullshit, is, uh, it's just beyond me. We've, it's turned into a different animal. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> it's, it is kind of a shock to the system, like, what has happened politically. I'm just oh. like, I don't know what. I don't know what is going on. I know. You know what my father-in-law says? He's, uh, my wife is Venezuelan. Um, and so, like, from Venezuela. And Mm -hmm. they've seen some real shit go down there. And my father-in-law always says to me, he says, extremes on both ends end up at the same place, right? And I couldn't agree with him more now that I'm like watching it go down in real time. I'm like, just why did, how did everybody get so extreme? I remember when I was a kid growing up, I just don't remember dinner table conversations about politics. As a matter of fact, I think people really tried to avoid that the best that they could. And now it's like the only thing anybody talks about. And uh, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't think it's even as extreme as it seems on the outside, like I, on the internet, I think that it's not as crazy as it appears to be. I, just think that the loudest people in the room are always the craziest. Well, I don't know. Yeah. We've got Marjorie Taylor Greene down well, here yeah. in Georgia. That's, that's <laughs> but I do agree with you. The squeaky wheel gets the grease and the print. And that I think that's yeah. what ends up happening. And especially if you're spending a lot of time on the internet, like I do, in dark yeah. rabbit holes trying to figure out what to talk about. When right. you... <laughs> when yeah. you when you were a kid, was your like you say you're unemployable and you spent most a good chunk of your life without money? Did that like go into without well, money say, was not when you I were a kid, but when you went out there in the world on your own? Yeah, I say without money. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, when I, even when I was like struggling, I was like, it's not like I don't have a safety net. So I right. 
I say that, but I'm not saying it as if like it was that scary for me. Um, it was, I had the privilege of like coming up, like growing up with money. And yeah. I feel like, you know, I never was at a point where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be homeless or something like that. It was just like, you know, uh, your ability to I generate can, your own income, you felt yes. was, was you were having yeah. a hard time. And I didn't, I think I was, I've always been pretty proud and pretty independent and I don't like feeling indebted to people. Mm. So, um, I wasn't accepting like help from my parents for a while. And I just was like, I'm going to do this mm -hmm. like my way. And, um, yeah, I mean, looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> like, I should have just taken money from them. But, um, but yeah, so when I say without money, I don't mean like I was really struggling or anything like that. It was just kind of like, you know, doing it myself. Yeah, I get it. I slept under a porch for like nine months. It wasn't the, yeah, it did. wasn't my crowning achievement in life, but I just <laughs> was too proud to ask my dad to come back home and not live under, under the porch. porch. Wow, well, it was a porch. on the porch. It was on the porch. It okay. was on the porch. Fair enough. It was on the porch <laughs> where there was a light bulb. <laughs> it was a rocking chair I could sleep on. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, with the raccoons. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there was a screen. Yeah. Well, you gotta. <laughs> there was a screen. That's true. <laughs> when you go to make your way in the world, what? How do you get into comedy? Like, where does that start? Well, I think um, I I was an actor for a long time, trying to like make it as an actor in New York. It wasn't really working out, and uh, I. I decided, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just, I wanted to do something that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> hilarious. And um, I was like, I want to be like a dog trainer or a social worker or something. And I had a friend who had been, who was in acting school with me, Michael Blaustein, who's like, he's doing great now. And um, he's a comic. And he was like, you are always sending me jokes. You got to just do them. Like, I hate that you're sending these to me, please try them yourself. So you and, were writing um, off the, you were writing jokes before you got on stage and you were sending them to other people. I was like, I would have ideas. I wouldn't say that I was writing, but I would have ideas and I would be like, you should, you should try this or here's a joke or try, you know? And he was like, I don't, I don't want your fucking jokes. Like just tell your own joke. <laughs> so, um, and I, you know, I get this all the time now, even as a comic. Cause like, my parents will like send me ideas for jokes and I'm like, this is, yeah, don't do that. I can't stress enough how bad this is. <laughs> but, um, my, but so my friend is really kind of responsible. Like he was like, you should try it. I tried stand up on a cross country trip with a friend of mine. And, um, and then I didn't go near it again. I did it. Like it was the scariest thing I've ever done. I can't imagine. I know. I, I, I like read, I think I read my uncle's Facebook posts in like an accent. <laughs> and like, cause he would do these like kind of redneck haikus and I, I just found them hilarious. So I, I read those on stage. I think I got my first laugh. I bolted and then didn't go back on stage until about three months later in New York. And when I, once I had done it in New York, then I was like, Oh, and I didn't do horribly. I was like, okay, I want to do this every day. And I just did it every day after that. Just almost like as like an impulse, like mm -hmm. sure. the way that a gym, a gym addict like yeah. has to go to the gym. Like I felt like I had to go. And um, 
And then I think about five years in, I four or five years in, I got this documentary called Inside Jokes. Mm-hmm. And it was about trying to get into the New Faces Festival. And um or the New Faces of Comedy for JFL. Is that just and, for laughs and in uh in Canada, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. And uh and I got that documentary and I was like it was the first big check that I got and I left my job and which was like okay, that was bold. Um <laughs> but I left my job and I just I've booked work ever since thank god um because there's a really good chance that that wasn't going to happen sure um, yeah congratulations yeah. To that. yeah i uh so that's kind of how it happened it was all just sort of like a dark night of the soul that ended up i just ended up in a in an open mic you know you it, we say this all the time and especially when we're interviewing comedians it takes i think a great amount of gusto potatoes cojones to get on stage stage, walk that 15 feet and know that at any given moment depending on how (laughs) depending on i don't know the which way the wind blows and which asshole walked in the door you could have a good night or a bad night but you're gonna have a good night or a bad night in front of a couple hundred couple thousand people sitting behind a microphone i can edit it all like if i want if i choose to i can edit out the bad parts um i don't because i'm too fucking lazy but i could (laughs) we are the best mediocre comedy podcast you've ever heard of so you are so like i i was saying this right before we came on air i feel like you're a comedy soulmate you are so dark and i am so into it i think that i think there's a lot of um satire that i like because it's subversive they're getting a message through but you have to have a, a brain inside your head to get the message and then there are people who are so on the nose and not afraid to go there no matter what it is has that always been your style like humor through tra- humor through pain <laughs> like do you, is that always I, been who you yeah, are as a comedian I, I think so i think there's something about um nothing going as planned yeah. that is just that lends itself really well to comedy and i think i've always found there's there's always just this kind of like when bad things happen to me, they happen like in multiples, mm-hmm. like everything yep. it all like stacks up yeah. like with each other. And, and so it always feels like my whole life has kind of felt like that thing where, you know, you see the guy like slip on a banana peel, get up, step in a bucket, step on a rake. Yeah. And, you know, that's like, that's what my life has kind of felt like. So that's where I get my humor from. You had a, uh, from reading and, and listening to your comedy and, and a few other places that you've been, you had like a, a bit of a rough patch, you know, between what, 18 years old and your early twenties. And she getting like mm. a fist fight in Las Vegas or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I, it was right when I was graduating college. Um, not when I was gra- graduating high school. no, when did my sister die? Anyway, my sister died and it was right at the end. It was at the end of high school, like three days before my high school graduation. And I was, um, I was leaving for college. My parents had gotten separated. Oh my God. Um, they were not yet divorced. My sister died and it was just like, holy shit. This is like, what is happening? A tsunami of fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Just a real, like, God being like, how about the, can you handle this? Right. Like, exactly. right. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. And it, um, it just kind of, it, it was just like, 
I think that was the first time that it happened where I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, it was just yeah, crazy. That's intense. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's as much as I it was tragic and awful, there's like things about um, the death that are really the way that people deal with it that are really funny. Agreed. Because people don't. It's such a big part of life. And yet every time it happens, we're like, this can't be part of life. Mm -hmm. So our brains just can't really compute it. And it was like the first Christmas after my sister died, my family put a life-size cardboard cutout of my sister. Oh my God. Oh my (laughs) God. He was watching us. I was like, she's first now she's dead and she's got to watch us. open. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I was like, this is, so fucked up. To me, me, it was like so funny and I couldn't stop like making jokes about it. Yeah. And I think ever since, like ever since that happened, that has just been my MO. You committed to it. Yeah. That's my sense of humor is like, I find funny in the, the moments where you're not supposed to, you know? (sighs) I was watching one of your specials a couple of days ago, and I was like, she's just not afraid to go anywhere. She's taking all the dark things and making them so fucking funny, including... And then I saw you do a couple bits about your your sister. Chrissy and I did an episode a couple months ago. My mom, who lives in a retirement home, uh, found a man that she dated for a while. And when I say dated, I mean they called each other twice a day. You know what I'm saying? It's like that kind of relationship yeah. because they're in the retirement <laughs> village or whatever. And so I he thought pa- they really get it on in retirement. Yeah, that's what we've heard. You got to understand my mom's boyfriend. I think he. I think nothing was going on downstairs, and so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom was happy to keep the dicks away. She didn't want anything to do with the dicks, so she she yeah. told us this on the show. Yeah. But we do this. At, I, I ended up getting invited to the funeral, and I show up, and there's like, it's me, my twin brother, and then his son, his only son, and my mom. Those are the only people at the funeral, and I don't even know the fucking guy all that well. So we do this whole episode, and that's the, that's like the least funny thing that happened that day. It was a comedy of errors in every way. They almost rolled yeah. him over in his grave. He had a pine box, and when I say box, it was like cardboard. He was hanging Wait, out. So was he like a bad guy? Like what? <laughs> According to, if you would have listened to the eulogy, you would have you. It was the most. You're like, who was my mom dating? Listen to this, Rosemary. I think he was just so old that he, you know, a lot of times people are gone. Other people are gone. Yeah, that's true too. But he he only had one son. He he had two children. He had two children. The other other kid didn't show up. Oh God! But Rosemary, listen. So he was not a great. No, no, he wasn't. So this is this is (laughs) eulogy started like this. My dad, he was a little misunderstood. Well, I remember when I was a kid, he had an apartment inside of the apartment building where my family lived. And he would spend all his free time there. And I was like, oh my God. And it got worse from there. The guy couldn't figure out a nice thing to say about his father. But anyway, the point is, I did this episode and it was, I, we really thought it was hilarious. Like yeah. we were cracking up while we were telling it. And then we got a lot of reaction that my mom came on and she told her version of the story. But some people got really upset by it. There was a couple of people who, who, who um, dialed in and they were like, listen, you know, you shouldn't be making fun of this guy's funeral. Like, it's his last rites. That's, that's the way he goes. And I'm like, if you can't laugh about this stuff, yeah. when it's funny, then that's just the way that some people deal with also, these kind of things. you're the only one who showed up. That's right. Right. <laughs> I got the right to make fun of it because I was there. No one yeah. else showed up. And yeah, my mom had a morbid sense of humor. And so I totally get 
I just, yeah. just I, that, yeah. yeah <laughs> I love it. When you, um, you're writing for Saturday Night Live, yes. right? Still writing for Saturday Night Live? Yes. Tell us all about it. I know it. that everybody yeah. in the world that knows Saturday Night Live is so fascinated by the TikTok of Saturday Night Live. And I am really fascinated by it. How do you get the job as writer? And which email address do you email your resume to? <laughs> and can I borrow any of your material just for a minute? I promise to give it back to you. <laughs> you would, um, you could totally do that. Uh, you'd have, you'd probably stay there for a week and be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> Yeah. How, how do you get I the mean, job? It is an awesome, it's an awesome job. I love it. Um, I actually got the job. Um, it was a little different. Like I, I had submitted a writing packet to SNL probably like three or four years prior. But after that, I was like, that was so exhausting to put that packet together. I think I'll, I'll just, I'm good. I, I don't have to work there. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you put together writing packets all the time as a stand up. But I think as I got more busy, I was just like, I don't have time to like put this together and send it in. And um, I think it was like 2021, I got a call from my friend Lindsay, who's one of the producers there. Mm. And she was like, hey, would you ever be interested in writing here? And I was like, yeah, no, I would. I'd totally be interested in it. And um, she was like, okay, I'm going to set up a call with you know they want to they want to talk to you the head writers want to talk to you and um and we'll talk about possibly bringing you in like mid-season and I was like okay so I met with the head writers um talked to them on zoom this was still like you know pretty yeah height of covid right uh, and and then I got I got hired and I came on like two weeks later I mean I it was it was wild though because I'd known enough people who have worked at SNL to know that it is like a crazy job. It's, it, I love it, but it's this kind of like the schedule's insane. Mm. It's wild. You're there, like, I'm there Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. I have Sunday off and I'm basically like recovering that day. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, truly, it's like I just put myself in the ICU. Yeah, yeah you work like yeah. 20 hours a day, right? Like, it gets crazy. Yeah. It gets crazy. And, um, and then, but I came on and I was like, I had a talk with my husband. I was like, Hey, I've been offered this job. I, I want to take it, but I, I really will not take it. If you think that it's like, if it's just going to, I was like newly married and I was just like, I I won't take it. If you really think it's just going to be bad for us because it will be. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. um, and he was like, no, you should take it. Like, take the job. I would never tell you not to. Absolutely take it. And I and I did. And it was great. Like, it's been fantastic. I love it. It's it's very different from the stand-up world. Yeah, I was just about to ask, like, um, do you enjoy writing or do you enjoy stand-up more? Like, when you... If you could do one. I love both. I I, I think I if I had to do one, I would go with stand-up. But... that could change on any given week. It's like, you know, because writing is as much as it seems like an isolated uh, activity, it's really when it comes to like a comedy room, you're just making other comedians laugh. It's kind of like just yucking it up at a table with people. So that is 
not unlike stand-up. Yeah. It's very similar. You're just like, sometimes if I'm not in the mood to do stand-up, I'll go to the club early and just talk to the other comics just to get in a mood where it's like, oh, I, no, no, I like this. This is, I'm feel, mm-hmm. feeling funny. Now I can go on stage. You're getting yeah. the blood so, flowing, essentially. Right, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it depends on the week. You know, you could ask me next week and I'd be like, oh, I'd rather write. <laughs> sure. You know? when, you, when you guys do a typical week at, at SNL, is it like guest comes in on Monday? You know, the guest comes in on Monday, you pitch them ideas, you've already, you've already started the banter, you pitch them ideas, they weed through them and say, you know, yes, no, maybe so. And then you kind of refine it from there? Or are you literally coming up with ideas all week long, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks? No, you're kind of, well, you're... It's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so, like, there's a really cool documentary on YouTube that James Franco did called Saturday Night. Yep. That basically goes, it was when he was hosting, and he documented what the work week like is like at yep. SNL, and it has not changed. It hasn't changed <laughs> since, you know, 1970. Right. It's basically, like, you go in Monday, you pitch to the host, Tuesday, you write your sketches. You write the whole show Tuesday night. We all go in. We write our sketches. We submit. We wake up Wednesday morning, go over the sketches again, make any changes, send those in. Those get, once those are submitted, I think they get about like 50, probably around 50 sketches. Jeez. Around that. And then they, they go through them and they pick like 30. And we read 30 of those sketches at the table read on Wednesday. So everybody goes back in um, Wednesday night. We do the table read. Then we hang out. Like all the, all the writers go upstairs and sort of wait like actors auditioning for a musical. Did he pick me? Did he pick me? My sketch. And then the picks come out and... If your sketch gets picked, you go directly to design, costumes, hair, and you talk to everybody about what you want. And they already have it all drawn up. Like, it's crazy. Um, And then Thursday is rewrites. We rewrite everything. We punch things up. Friday is blocking. Saturday is dress rehearsal and show. God damn, that that's like wild. a that's a hamster wheel. I cannot <laughs> imagine being on. And like, I'm sure some people spend the night there. They're just like you know into the night typing away. Have you ever had yeah. a long night? Have you ever? I'm sure that you've. I've slept spent at work. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I've definitely slept at work. I don't recommend it to people. That <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, it's like. I think everybody used to do it, and I think COVID just changed that a little bit. Yeah, everybody uh, decided there is something else besides work <laughs> that we might have to yeah. get to. Yeah. Yeah. But still, people go home at like four or five in the morning mm-hmm. and then get up at like eight to go over their sketches and have them in by 10 a.m. It's like you get like two hours of sleep. Huh. It's crazy. It's like wild. having kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having 12 well, to 14 it, children. It really is. Yeah. I have to say, now that I actually have a kid, it's not harder than have it than having a job at SNL. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. You you get very little sleep. You're constantly thinking about the next thing in a million different directions and you're in a fog most of your life. So yeah. you know right. I don't know. They said have a kid, it'll change everything. It sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it sure uh, does. And, oh go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say it's you're also like too tired to form a new memory. Like yeah. I, I don't think I've had a new memory. 
You are so right about this. My brain is filled with all the kids stuff. So I'm having a hard time uh, fitting anything else in. I read a book and I got to go back and read the pages the next night because I'm like, I don't even remember what the fuck I was reading last night. Exactly. What you tell the funniest, I I read, I read this. I don't know. um, I don't know where I read it. One of these magazines that you did an interview for, you were talking about Travis Kelsey being on the show and how he was having trouble reading. (laughs) So he was getting Patrick Mahomes to read lines back. Back and forth. <laughs> you, I, the way that I read the page in your voice yeah. in my head was, oh yeah. my God, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Travis Kelsey are practicing reading together. <laughs> and I thought that yes. was too fucking funny. They were going over lines together in their dressing room. And I, and I thought it was so cute that I cried. And I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Like I, uh, I knew it. <laughs> you knew, I it? knew it. At that I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't cry in that building. I just told myself when I got the job, I was like, I'm not going to cry in Thirty Rock. It's not going. I won't give that building my tears. It's no. not going to happen. And then suddenly, I, I, I hear Travis Kelsey practicing his lines with his like jock friends and <laughs> and I was like, this is so cute i'm and i just like started tearing up i was like what is wrong with me wow i got emotional over patrick mahomes reading to travis (laughs) kelsey and over something sweet yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i know you worked on uh life and beth too and i loved that show love amy schumer how was that did you work on a couple of episodes or how what did that look like it was great. So um, I did a couple of episodes uh, the first season, and then we have the second season yeah. coming out in February. Yeah, and uh, and I did. I I my character was back. She's uh, she's a real crazy lady. I love that show. Uh, yeah, it's it's really fun. It was like basically Amy told me it was like your character is this girl that is she knows that. I'm dating this guy, but she just does not, it doesn't matter to her. Like, yeah. She's so yeah. into this guy, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and in her mind, they are, you're dating him. Yeah. Even though you know that I am. So <laughs> you almost get mad at me. Like it's, I, the way that I approached it is I was like, okay, I just, I'll, I'll think of them as sister wives. I'll think of us as like, <laughs> I love and that. If, if she upsets him, then it's, He's upsetting our marriage. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's like how I approached it. Cause I was like, it's tough to play a, a person who's essentially kind of crazy with compassion. Right. You, you have to understand where they're coming from. Sure. So I was like, this is kind of fun for me to just get back into acting and, and, and especially with a character that's so like, crazy yeah you know i get to like (laughs) i get to challenge myself with that so yeah how fun i'm so excited that comes back in february is that right Mm -hmm. yep so it's already in the can you guys are just waiting for it to be released Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you uh, chrissy and i've had this conversation multiple times i'm sure we'll have it till the day that we stop doing the show we're contractually obligated for 15 more years but (laughs) uh you know, uh, talk about the hamster wheel. You had a, talk about hamster wheel. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing this shit four days a week. Um, so, <laughs> you and your husband have a crazy story. You started a podcast, and three days into the podcast, or three episodes into the podcast, he asked you to marry him. 
Did you stop yeah. the podcast because you were certain that podcast was going to cause a divorce? Because I have this conversation all the time here. At the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think we've actually, I really enjoyed podcasting with him. It was just like, I got the job at SNL and I was like, there's oh, no yeah. way that no I way. can keep doing this and, and the SNL. For a while, we tried, we kept it going. And then I was like, this is, un- I can't do this. It's now, untenable. Yeah, yeah. Now throw the baby in there too. So, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the baby's how many weeks old? Where's the Osh Gosh Bagosh pictures? I want to see them and I want to see them now. 13 (laughs) weeks. (laughs) Back to SNL for one minute. And who have, what is the sketch that you never got on air that you really thought was going to hit if it hit? Like, what's the baby that hasn't been born yet that you're just waiting for the right moment for Lauren or somebody to say, okay, green light or the guest or whoever? There's well, there's one that made it to dress that never made it to air. It was um, about a life coach that. Okay, so I have a friend who's constantly giving advice that I don't really need. It feels like it's more for them than for me. And so I I wrote this sketch based on their advice, and it was like Kiki Palmer plays a life coach. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that comes in and she's doing like a new moon ceremony for her friends or whatever. Oh, the new moon. <laughs> we have some and friends that we do know those. these people. Yeah. yeah, we know these people. Right. Yeah. We've been yes. to new moon so, parties. <laughs> all these girls are like, I've never been to one of these. What is this? And then she comes in and she's like, All right, listen up. She's like, All y'all, it's 2022. All y'all are going to stop sleeping with homeless men. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, we don't do that. And it just gets, she's like, I wackier know you and think wackier. That, yeah, it, no, it just keeps, she just keeps hammering the fact that like, <laughs> that you, he's like, if he comes up to you talking all smooth, trying to sell you a painting, like, I don't care what he, he you cannot buy that painting. Like, she's just, <laughs> if, he, if he's covered in blood, that's a red flag. They're like, we know. Like, it's, it's basically that. And um, and then at the end, like her boyfriend, like breaks into the apartment and he's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Someone but online. Yeah, it's, it's really silly. But um, that one didn't make it on. And then the other one was uh, it was about a guy who like everybody it's it's only made it to table, but it hasn't ever made it to dress. And it's like a guy that is he's like a single guy that everybody because everybody looks up to like single men like men without families yeah and i i just i was like i want to write a sketch about how they're like worshipped but everything he's saying is deeply sad you know yeah. so like he's just like he's like i just i'll go to disney world by myself <laughs> you know, like, they're like why he's like lines are short you know and then but everything is getting progressively sadder. And he's like, you know, last week I was parachuting. And I just thought, what if I didn't even pull the parachute? You know? <laughs> what if I just what if I just ended it all? And so obviously this hasn't made it on to SNL. It's like, 
You go you know, home like, to like, your family and wife. I'm going home to my pizza box and my pumpkin scented candle from Hobby right, Lobby. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I just thought, I'm like, women get hammered all the time for not having a kid or not having a family. And I'm like, I just wanted to do it to a man. Yeah. You know, I, just I love that. Turn the a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that sketch may never see the light of day. We'll see. I hope it does because I think you're right about this. I think single men are kind of like uh, looked at as kings of the world. Right. But yeah, I be having been a single adult male in my 30s. uh, I can tell you right now, it's not all it's cracked up. It's not all it's cracked up to be. I certainly miss some things about it. Sure. But I don't miss the empty pizza box with the pumpkin scented candle, which, by the way, smelled really good. I did. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The combo of those is delicious. (laughs) If you put them together, which I may or may not have, I plead the fifth. (laughs) Listen, when I was yeah. single, 12 to 15 Bud Lights was mm-hmm. not unusual for a for day. Now that I have children, right. I will never drink again because being a hungover parent, you're an asshole. Like, it's just the yeah. worst fucking thing in the world. Yeah. I want you to tell us your, like, what is the darkest bit that you do? Like, the darkest, in your opinion, like the thing that, that just goes there. Like, it goes there and it's on the nose. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard, it's hard to rank them. I, I have a bit that, I, that I, is in my current special, which is in the works, but um, it's not out yet, but it's about my miscarriage. And <sighs> so I, that was a bit that I was like, I think, and when I wrote it, I, it was way too soon. Like, I was like, this is too soon to be telling this joke. But it's the only way that I know how to like process yeah, what's going. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I fe- and I felt like weird going on stage and not talking about what had happened. So, yeah, I think that was that's probably the bit that I have that's like the darkest. Yeah, I think miscarriage uh, is probably a dark subject. Dark subject yeah, anytime that's, you're. That's probably the darkest one. But I, you know, I I do this kind of stuff I, mostly because I think it's funny. You know, mm-hmm. but the benefit of it is like. There's women, there's so many women that have experienced it and they're like, thank you for like lightening it just a little bit. Yeah. Like, right. I can see that. There's jokes that you want to tell and, and feel understood. Cause when you're like, at least when I'm on stage and I'm talking about it, if I get laughs, I feel understood. Mm. There's like a, a connection. It's energetically, yeah. it's cathartic, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, right. okay, I'm, I went through this. It was horrible, but now I'm processing it to, into something positive, which is everybody's laughing, and now we're, we're kind of connected in that way. Exactly. Mm. And bad things happen all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. So why is it that we, why do we talk, why do we only want to talk about half of our experience? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why do we only want to talk about the good stuff? I think it's great to talk about the good stuff, but... I, you know, for me, I'm like, that leaves half my human experience completely unrecognized. Yeah, so. it's like Instagram. <laughs> right. You just show the You just show happiness. the good stuff. That's it. Right. Yeah. You know, we do yeah. this show. We put out so much content. I mean, four days a week. We're putting out, I don't even, what is it, 6,000 episodes around or some shit like that. But like that. we put this all out. But yeah, It I, feels like that. I think we made the decision early, I, at least... I did. I was like, listen, this is going to go on celluloid. It's never going away. So if we do one episode, we might as well do a thousand. And if we talk about one thing, we might as well talk about it all because it's the only way to connect. And it's the only way to keep it 
cathartic for us in the room is if we share all the ugly and the good. It's mainly ugly, but yeah. you know, we there's some good stuff that happens to us too. But I agree yeah. with this sentiment is like, I feel like I'm purging it a little bit when mm-hmm. I say it out loud. And even though I don't see the people in front of me, I feel like if it gets to somebody and it gives them a laugh in a similar situation, well, then there's some good has come of it, right? Um, exactly. It feels like therapy a little bit to get in the room and get on the microphone. I watched your comedy central special and as you're you're getting geared up you're warming up right you're in the room your first five minutes you can tell the crowd doesn't really i think my sense of it was the crowd doesn't really know what to expect and you're you're doing quite a a high wire act there for for a couple of minutes but once you get them they're there like they're right there with you and they're thinking all of this is funny do you still find when you walk on stage that you're still doing kind of that high wire act because people may not know what to expect um, it, maybe I, it's almost like it doesn't feel like it anymore. Okay. Um, I, I think not because the material has gotten any, it's the material still of it's as substantial as it was, but it feels like, to me, it feels like less and less risky, Yeah, you know, to say mm-hmm. what, you know, my first special, I was like, oh, like nobody really knows who I am. And that's kind of a benefit to me right now because there's, you know, once you put out your special, you kind of get an audience. And so I was like, if I'm not going to get this experience again, I want to like make the most of the fact that they don't know who I am. They don't know what to expect. And that's, and that feels dangerous. Yeah. And even though it's not, it feels dangerous. So, um, I, I kind of, since then, it just hasn't felt the same. I haven't felt the same kind Sense of, of danger risk. because people who come out to see me now know who I am and, right. they're, and they kind of know what to expect. Right. You know? They already have a good um, gauge of who you are going, walking in the door. Right. Generally speaking, I get people who are, like dark humor, who have, ha- who have been through some shit, and they, they come to hear jokes about it. You know? mm-hmm. Those are your people. That These are my yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you ever? Trauma <laughs> 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 uh, and Early on, did yes. you have anybody that just like poorly reacted to one of your jokes? I, I was sure, when I was yeah. watching your special. I'm like, I wonder if she's had anybody that's just like stood up and been like, "Fuck you." That doesn't, you know, that hurts. I had me. somebody at that special do it. I mean, this, there was somebody in the front row, like arms crossed, <laughs> looking so mad. God. And I said to him, "I was like, are you having a good time?" Oh, yeah, that's right. And he said. No. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> well, it's, it's staying in. I was like, I'm yeah. leaving it in. I, I could have cut that out. And I was like, I don't, I want to keep that. I just, it was such a, yeah. it was such a comedy show moment. And I wanted my special to feel like you were at the show. And cause I feel like there's so many specials that I watch that are, they, there's a real, benefit to this that it's it it feels like a finished product yeah mm-hmm. but to me i always miss the feeling of like what's what's about to happen like yeah what, you know what's what happens if this doesn't go well yeah and that's the that's what i love about a live show and i wanted to feel i wanted to keep those some of those moments in the special i think yeah. it's brilliantly done you are so fucking funny yeah. it's so Thanks. 
I don't know. I enjoyed it so much. I'm, I'm, I'm so much. You're my favorite comic of 2023. We'll see if you make it to 2024. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a conversation here in the room after you leave behind your back, and we'll make that decision. I got my yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know. We'll send an email. You come um, to my next show holding up a two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two point two. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you going out and tour in 2024? Are you gonna stay home with the? I am. I'm Lord. not touring. I'm not touring until the summer, but um, I am. I'm planning my next tour, and we're like routing it right now. And I'm working on uh, the new the new material that's coming after this special. But to be honest with you, like uh, I shot an hour while I was pregnant, and I'm shooting another. 30 and um and i'm combining after i've you know a year after i've had the kid and i'm combining the two into one oh, nice that's that's we'll come to atlanta come to atlanta yeah. we would love thank to see you i think it's a yes, good comedy town you. i don't know i i mean i i plan to come out there is an atlanta date on the books nice so. You tell us when that is, because we will be front row with your numbers, Yep, with your numbers and ready to heckle you when we feel our little feelings get hurt, because that's also who we are. We're your people. (laughs) I have, I have 30 questions to ask you. And as per usual, I got through one of them. So there you go. I, will you come back on when you have a free moment? I know you're very busy, but when you have a free moment, if you come in, like when you go on tour and you're making your swings, come and all of our degenerate listeners can then hear yep. what dates you have so that they can go see you also. Um, I would love that. And your yeah. special too, that's out right now. Definitely. My special, yeah. Is there's a, there's five minute or sorry, it's 10 minutes. It's a 10 minute set that I have on Netflix, verified stand up. Um, I shot it when I was 38, 36 weeks pregnant. Jesus. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know, whatever. It's eight and a half months. I was eight yeah. and a half months. <laughs> don't worry with the weeks. weeks and yeah, again, I have no idea how many weeks that is. And, um, and I, it was, it was, I had a, I had a rough last like trimester. So it, uh. it, was, it was really, it may be the most unhinged I've ever been on camera. You got to go watch it. It's yep. on, on Netflix. Netflix. Uh, Rosebud Baker, once again, proving that women are just better at stronger and, uh, <laughs> tougher than any single man who runs the world bitches do that's right <laughs> and i'm so and i'm so glad to buddy up to them i know where my butt i know where my bread is buttered my mama didn't raise no fool so that's right rosebud yeah. thank you so much for thank coming you. on we really appreciate we love what you best to you it was honestly a pleasure and we will thank talk you. to you soon thanks for my pleasure i'll talk to you soon okay thank you bye bye Okay, Brian, shh, let me give the people what they want. Our social media handles. Follow us on Instagram at The Commercial Break and on TikTok at TCB Podcast. If, like all my hinge dates, you are thirsty for more, give us a call and leave us a message at 626-ASK-TCB3. Or send us a text, no sexting please, at 855-TCB-8383. And, of course, go to tcbpodcast.com to see everything there is to see. Now let's hear from our sponsors and then the show must go on. Rosebud is so fucking hilarious. She's the best. I can't believe she's got a two-month-old kid and she's coming on the fucking commercial break. If I had a two-month-old kid, I'd be hiding in my closet. She said the dad had the baby out. Yeah. I I love how she, too, is like, you know, we ask how old the baby was. And um, she's like, 
two months. I don't even know how many weeks. And I'm just supposed to know the weeks. <laughs> and I told her before we, before we started the interview, I said to her, I said, when your first baby, you got to mark every, uh, you know, week anniversary. Right. You got to mark with another thousand dollar all of free people dress yeah. because that's just a trendy thing to do. But don't worry if she decides to go there. If she has the third one or the second one, she'll quickly forget about that weekend. Yeah. The second one becomes month anniversaries, and then the third one you do just years. You just do birthdays because <laughs> yeah. you're like they're not going to remember. Take a cute picture uh, on the month anniversary and just leave it there. You don't yeah. need to dress them up and put a post. And oh my gosh, my baby turned this little bundle of joy two months old. Yeah, we get it. Kids grow up. That's what happens. Yeah. We're all ticking time. But she. Like, you know, I, again, I say this every interview that we've done. Like, I have so much to ask people, and I just don't feel like 45 minutes is enough time. We're going to have her back because I have so many more questions to yeah, ask her. Yeah, and in- she's going to come to Atlanta. She's doing a tour next uh, summer. Yeah, next summer. And she's coming to Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. so far, we've got to see Veer. Yeah. We've got to see Heather. Yeah. And we've got to see, um, and we've got to see Rosebud. Yeah. And then... I don't think Blair said she was not going to do, she was going to press pause. She was going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And then Felicia's just going to come have coffee with us. We're going to go see some birds or something like that, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go see the (laughs) the birds, see if we can pick one up. I loved her too. Yeah, she was really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we ended up 2023 on a high note. We had some guests and we've gotten some positive feedback. I know we said we would never do guests, but we were just hiding it from you. We were just preparing for the last 400 episodes. It did not go in the notebook, so that means it happened. That's right. Someone else actually is in charge of booking those guests, so... So that's why it's exactly. that's why it's happening. <laughs> yeah, because we 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 we're not in charge nope. of it. Nope. By the way, I gotta say, um, because I think this will probably be the last interview we do this season, the one that, the last one that we release. We might rerun the Steve O and, and possibly um Rosebud, whoever. Well we we might run an epi- an interview or two. But I do have to say thank you to Pam, who's the PR agent for a lot of these guests that have come yeah, on. And she's, she's just been, been wonderful to us. to us. So uh I won't mm-hmm. say her last name so she doesn't get inundated with hate mail, but I'll just say that thank you to Pam. You know who you are, Pam, and thank you so much to Rosebud. All the other guests that Pam we've the had agent. On. Pam the PR agent. Yeah, yeah. She's good at her job. She is. Why? Because she decided to send them over here. Not Conan <laughs> O'Brien. Well, Conan O'Brien first, then the commercial break. That's yeah. what I'm noticing. I'm noticing a trend here. You know, I mean, we, we're we right up in that echelon. Save the best for last. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah, and you start with Conan, and then you move up. Yes, and then you go back down. And then you <laughs> die. You go right to the middle back of the pack. Down. Yeah. <laughs> you go you go up on the ladder. <laughs> That's and right. And then you dive off the diving That's board. That's right. You stop by into... Tom and Bert's show and then you <laughs> into, and then you uh, into our pool. <laughs> That's right, into the deep end. <laughs> and when I say save the best for last, I mean the last place you'll ever appear because your career is certainly well, going to take a last. shit. Uh, I mean... You did hear it here last. That's for sure. <laughs> Listen, we hope everybody has a great, uh, had a great Christmas, has a happy new year, all of that good stuff. Thank you very much for all of your support in 2023. We hope to carry it on into 2024. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and lots more fun and shenanigans to come up on season number five. It's what? crazy. We're in season number five. Wait, bu- we should do an Instagram post with us, like with the five. We're holding the sign. The sign. The five. The five. For Rosebud. <laughs> We give her a five. All right. If you want to follow up on all the shenanigans, all 60 weeks old. Yes. <laughs> five, five seasons old. I'm going to go get a free people dress and we'll put me in it. Okay. Uh, if you want to catch up on all the shenanigans, you want to get all the links to Rosebud, Rosebud's pertinent information. I'll put a couple of links to certain specials that have been out there on the tubes. 
uh, and Netflix, you can go to tcbpodcast.com. More information about Chrissy and I, all the show notes where those links live to that specific episode, all the video, all the audio right there, one location, tcbpodcast.com. Also, your piggy fronting stickers are coming at you, I promise. I admitted the other day that I jumped the gun on the piggy fronting sticker. I know, I was like, where is mine? Yeah, see, Astrid had just designed it, and... I said it out loud and uh, I fucked us because she hadn't actually said well, it to the printer. Well, it'll be the gift that keeps on giving yeah. into the new year. 2024. Expect your piggy fronting stickers. <laughs> uh, 626. Ask TCB the number three. That's 626. Ask TCB the number three. If you have a question for any of the past guests, let us know. And when they come in the future, we'll ask that question. Add the commercial break on Instagram. TCB podcast on TikTok and YouTube.com slash the commercial break. Uh, all right, Chrissy. I guess that's all I'll do for at least this episode. I think so. Okay, so I'll tell you that I love you. I love you. I'll say best to you. Best to you. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Until next time, Chrissy and I always say, we do say, and we must say, Good- goodbye. Bye.